HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Tabard Inn, new American cuisine in one of Washington, D.C.'s oldest hotels, located in DuPont Circle. For more information, visit tabardinn.com. My name is Hannah Forden. I'm the membership coordinator at Heritage Radio Network, but even before I joined the team, I loved listening to HRN during my subway commute. It made the time go quickly and left me feeling inspired for the day ahead. HRN listeners tune in from all over the world, but there are a few traits that we all have in common, no matter where we listen from. A curious palate, the fierceness to make a difference, and a hunger for lifelong learning about the culinary world. As you know, Heritage Radio Network is a listener-supported nonprofit. To deliver the most ambitious, entertaining, and of-the-moment stories in 2018, we need your help. We need to raise $150,000 by December 31st to accomplish these goals and to keep your favorite shows on the air. Together, we can make this HRN's most exciting, impactful, and delicious year yet. No matter how much you choose to give, you'll feel awesome next time you tune in, knowing that we wouldn't be here without you. Become a member by donating today. Join us at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate, and you'll immediately start enjoying benefits such as VIP invitations to HRN events, where you will mix and mingle with your favorite hosts. Plus, we have great member swag. Show off your HRN pride with a t-shirt or keep your hands safe in the kitchen with an HRN potholder. Memberships also make a perfect holiday gift for all the foodies in your life. This year, why not give the gift of food radio? You'll hear your generosity in action for the year to come. Help keep our lights on and our mics hot by pledging your support today at heritageradionetwork.org donate. Thanks for listening. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer, and we are coming to you from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. 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 
It is Wednesday, November 15th, 2017. This is the 160th episode of the series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. Not 159, 160. You're 160. All right, I like it. And that is my guest today, the one of the most sought-out MCs in the biz, who I will fully introduce in a moment. If you, you can, people out there, you can guess who it is. Uh, first, I'm going to start out, as I always do, with my PR tip. And then later, we have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. So as the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. Today's tip is to be relentless. Go after what you want with a passion. Stand for what you believe in and what you know is right. And don't let anyone say no to your yes. The world can be tough, but so can you. Be strong and fierce and never give up on your desires and dreams as you deserve them as much as anyone else. That's my tip today. It's a good tip. Thank you. I was thinking relentless. Good tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that voice, that voice is... What, what about that voice? It's a great voice. <laughs> I should, have, I should have a radio show on Heritage Radio. Um, you should if you had time, but uh, you have a lot going on. And that is, that my guest is Billy Harris, who is one of the most sought-out MCs, known for his award-winning video series, Hanging with Harris. That is me. And he also is in New York City right now as he's been doing this amazing dinner series with top chefs, and it's benefiting No Kid Hungry. Sure is. And... Uh, I read in his bio that he is the cousin of vaudeville great Georgie Jessel. Jessel. Named my daughter after him. Which I want to get find out more about. <laughs> um, and you've been performing your entire life. Forever. And apparently at the tender age of five and a half, you understood what working a room was. I or did. Is. In a very so, young room. So welcome, very Billy. Age. Thanks, Sherry. <laughs> How are you? I I'm love, good. I love your studio here. Thank you. You like you like what I did. I do. I I feel <laughs> like it's a um, I feel like it's on a weekend update, and it's like uh, Stefan, right? New York's <laughs> latest nightclub is Roberta's, next to a meatpacking factory and a cement dump, whatever. Totally. And we have the yes. radio show. Yes, we great do. to be here. Glad to be number one sixty. I feel very. <laughs> Very special. You know, sure. you were on a previous episode of my Pebble Beach I food was. and wine. Uh, wine of was food. that one fifty one or that was? It was like back. probably like one thirty eight. You All made right, it. You so, made it then. All right, made the cut. But, but you know, I you're in L A. and we needed to get you. I mean, I we could have done it by phone. Yeah, but this is better. But I'm this like, is we'll do you're it here. here we're now. And I'm honored to have you on my show. It's my absolute And I feel pleasure. I'm going, I'm like, I need it. I need it. I should have had another coffee before I we know, started. I did have a shot before I came in here. So it's <laughs> I'm good. like, no, that's not fair. I'm going to be, you're going to put I'm ahead me, of the game. You're gonna, I remember from Pebble Beach, you interviewed me more than I interviewed exactly. you. That's very true. I'm like, hang on, <laughs> so, let me borrow your microphone. So let me, let, me see, let me see if I can get some questions out there. Absolutely. What happened at, at age five and a half that, that you figured out you could work a room? Yeah, you know what? I, I think I literally came out with a microphone and a cigar. I come from, if we're going to go down that road, I actually come from a long line of vaudevillians all on my father's side. Uh, grandmother, all her nine brothers and sisters. Uh, my Aunt Katie danced at the Texaco Star Theater for Milton Berle. Obviously a cousin of, we're all way too young, unless it was in your family, of the great Georgie Jessel, who was a very, very famous vaudevillian in the 20s and 30s. He also started the Friars Club in Los Angeles, was best of friends with George Burns and Al Jolson. So this is way back. Was married to Norma Talmadge, the silent film star. Um, but do come from... 
had uh, great uncles, all my grandmother's brothers and sisters, who one was, you know, stand up in the Catskills, and they all worked in Atlantic City, and one was in a big band, and my aunt Katie toured with, you know, was, uh, as I said, a dancer with Milton Berle at the Texaco Star Theater. And um, dad's very funny, most people in the family are funny, and just kind of born with shtick in my mouth, so to say, so... Yeah, so how did you turn that into a career? Like what did you, yeah, where'd you go to college? Yeah, you know what, I was total kid actor, you know, uh, sarcastic, wise ass, nothing's really changed in the past almost 50 years, I guess. Um, Theater background, theater kid, um, went to college for theater in San Francisco. Uh, My first, I guess, technical show would have been in 1979 or 80, I was a magician's assistant at Grossinger's in the Catskills. Okay. So that's in the DNA. I even did a little magic act for a while as well because I loved Penn and Teller. And I was like, once I did a little research and Orson Welles started off as a magician, Steve Martin, Johnny Carson, I just found it funny um, and just kind of rolled it into my shtick that I was doing. And you know what? At a very young age, I guess I was about maybe 19 or 20. Uh, I was doing a little stand-up. I was working on cruise ships, um, you know, theater background. And I got paid $1,000 to do a, a corporate event in Las Vegas and was hired by a meeting planner for a sales meeting for Microsoft. And at the time, I didn't know what a corporate gig was. I didn't know what a meeting planner was. I didn't know what a sales meeting was. It was a president's club, something like that. You know, but they hired me to, because I re- was referred by a friend, to be the MC and give out the awards. They flew me to Las Vegas, gave me a plane ticket, stayed in Caesar's Palace. It was in the Emperor's Ballroom, to be exact. And, you know, I had friends and everyone that was doing stand-up there making $50, $100. So this was really like, wait a minute. This is like a thing. This is Mm -hmm. a business. There's these events, these corporate events. So I very quickly, because I loved what I was doing, and it's always just a matter of how do you turn that and find that into a way to make a living. So I very, very quickly... um, you know, through the school of hard knocks, you know, started reaching out to meeting planners and event planners. I'm like, hey, I'm this funny comedian guy and I host meetings. And I very, very quickly got into that event space. And, you know, to this day, I still have clients that I've been working with for 25 years when I'm doing stuff outside of culinary and food and fundraising that right. will, uh, um, that we will obviously get into as yeah. well. Yeah. Well, well, that let's get into it. So let's how did you, it. how did you get into the food world? Yeah. Since my whole life is consumed with food world now. Well, it's very funny, um, and this will all, you know, come back around and make some sort of point since we are on dinner number 10 out of an 11-night dinner series in New York City. And last Monday was our big event at Del Posto with Mario Batali, and we had about 170 people down in the wine room, and it was hands down our largest event because Mario's Mario. And, um, you know, when I give the evening spiel of why we're all here and before I talk about No Kid Hungry, I really talked about that. 25 years ago, this April in 1993, I walked down Cornelia Street and went into this dump called Poe, and I had mutual friends that were friends and worked with Mario, and I met Mario. I had just moved back to New York from San Francisco, and it was right before Malta Mario and the Food Network, and I really knew nothing about food and no one in the industry at all, except my friend, and you might know Tony Abuganum out of Las Vegas. Oh, sure. So I've known Tony since I'll be 49. I've known Tony since I've been 19. And he knew Mario in a past life when Mario used to cook, how about this one, I think, at the Four Seasons in San Francisco. Tony's been on my show. And Tony's been on the show. There you go. So Tony worked, how about a little inside? He opened up Poe with Mario and ran the little four-seat bar. So I've been friends, and I talked about this the other night, Mario and I, 25 years. And, uh, you know, I started working with Mario a little bit and, and doing food events and hosting other food events. And obviously, literally 25 years later, 
six degrees of separation. I guarantee I know, you know, we've known each other for over 10 years and met through all these culinary events. Mm -hmm. And whatever event our first meeting was at, I could tell you right now, it's because someone knew someone because I knew Mario. So for me, it's not six degrees of separation. It's really one. Wow. Literally. Yeah. And, that, uh -huh. and that is the story. And there's so many other segues of that because I could tell you in 1998, so it'll be almost 20 years ago, on my wife and I's first date, I took her to see Mario do a cooking demo at the Santa Monica Pier. I figured, hey, I can impress this girl. I know one chef, right, from New York. I'm like, have you ever seen Malta Mario on the Food Network? So I took at the time Sharon to meet Mario, did the cooking demo. And then after that, um, we all went to the opening night of Luke's in Los Angeles. And Suzanne Gowen and Carolyn Stein and myself have been friends for 20 years as well. And on the second night, Mario took me and we went to dinner with Mary Sue and Susan Finnegar yeah. at the Border Grill. And... Two hot tamales. Joe Allegro from the Food Network produced those events at the time because he was over at the Food Network producing their live events before he went to No Kid Hungry. And then he took me to No Kid Hungry. And that is this kind of magical path. And Joe, I, I, I was a very early guest. I shot one of my pilots for this episode, yeah. for this show with yeah. it, Joe. So he's, he's everything great. ties together. Yeah. 100%. I mean, that, that was, I mean, that's yeah. a crazy synergy, but because of. You know, then I can also thank my friend whose wedding I met my wife at a wedding and she caught the flowers and I caught the garter and two weeks later I took her to took her to meet Mario and through that I met Joe and then Suzanne and Carolyn and Mary Sue and Susan all in the same week. And yeah. then we got married a year later, so that worked out. Yeah. But it's it's amazing to me. It's not only that you've met these people, but you've turned them into Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, long-term relationships and, and your business. Yeah, personally, professionally, yeah. on multiple levels. Like, you know, now you look at it and our kids play together and they go to birthday parties. and Right. Um, but yeah, um, it kind of really started there. And then it really changed for me with my involvement with No Kid Hungry and working with Joe because at the time I slowly, randomly, by <laughs> these are such crazy stories because of the dinner series and the very first auction that I did, because a lot of people know me as this kind of culinary fundraiser at all the No Kid Hungry events and Alex's Lemonade events and Autism Speaks events and James Beard events. There's a lot of them. I've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds yeah, and hundreds. Yeah, you're amazing. I'm, you're, I'm the you're guy. The and you're the go-to guy. I'm the go-to guy. And people mm -hmm. are like, you're such a great auctioneer. And to this day, I'm like, I'm definitely not an auctioneer. I'm a funny guy that knows how to work a room, which started at five and a half years old. And there's a big difference with what I do and with all the fundraising, because that's kind of my own DNA and something that can't be hopefully duplicated. Um, but that's talking about the auctioneering stuff. So um, at the dinner series with one of the dinners the other night, a girlfriend of mine from college, she showed up at the dinner with her 23-year-old son. And I met um, I, I met uh, 15 or 16 years ago, they were doing a fundraiser for her son's school and the auctioneer at the time got sick. And she called me up, she goes, you know, you're really funny, have you ever done this? It's really last minute. And I'm like, whatever you need. I just came down there and was like, Who's going to give me $2,000 for a trip to Hawaii? And, bah, bah, bah. and it was like funny and great. And it's kind of, I felt like I was doing what I always do anyway. And that literally was the first auction I did, which of course segues into when Joe went to No Kid Hungry for the Food Network. And this is such a timely conversation because it was either my second event. I think my first event with Joe, and this is probably 15 years ago, we did an event in Detroit. Now I'm forgetting the, which I was just going to, I had a perfect right on the tip of my tongue. Um, it was... Um, uh, Don Yamauchi, who's a great chef out of the Midwest, and he okay. had a restaurant called True in Detroit. And that was our first event. But our second event was with Daniel Ballou at Cafe Ballou in Palm Beach because every year um, when 
we would start the No Kid Hungry kind of dinner series. We started off with Danielle um, at Cafe Blue in Palm Beach, and that was the beginning of the culinary season in January. And I think Gavin Kaysen was a sous chef at the time. And um, and then I really, Joe and I worked together for many, many years and now still continue to work together. And he's now over at Feed the Children, who's another fantastic organization that's in the same uh, stratosphere, obviously, as No Kid Hungry as well. Awesome. I could talk for six hours about I know. this. I know. I, I know. know. We're going to take a little break, and we're going to talk more. Yeah. Uh, so stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. The following program has been brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. From the moment Root 11 Potato Chips dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate. An incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Root 11 Potato Chips believes comfort food should be just that. Know where your food comes from. For more information, visit rt11.com. And we're back. This we is, are back. We are back. This is mm-hmm. all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. My guest today is Billy uh, Harris, hanging with Harris. I'm hanging with Harris. You are literally hanging with Harris, <laughs> which of course is the web series. So. Yeah, so let's talk about the web series a bit. Yeah. When did you start that, and mm-hmm. are you are you still doing it? And what's are you just travel around the world? And you pick some chefs you like, and something you talk like to them, that. and you make pasta. And I'm like, hey, look, here's my film crew. Let's film something. You know what? That's just uh, you know you kind of you do this stuff long enough, and it's really a piece of. You know, I, to be cliche, you'd be like, it's very on brand. It's part of very much everything that I do. Um, you know, obviously over the past 10 years, as, as so many things moved from TV to the small screen to our iPhones, um, I partnered up with an amazing production company, Small Screen Networks out of Seattle, and they host a ton of um, spirit shows and other culinary shows, and they have a great team out there. And we were, at the time, I think, so this is... I'm going to say seven years ago, maybe it's 10 years ago. I don't even know. But we were supposed to film something else. And then it was like, it, you know what? It was 2008. So it'll be 10 years ago because then all the money went away as the market tanked and the sponsorships at the time. And it was going to be like an, on, it was going to be like yeah. an online. Um, it was kind of towards the beginning of Top Chef. And they wanted to do a basically a Top Chef online version thing. And that didn't work out. Jump cut a few months after that in 2008. We were at Aspen Food and Wine. And... It was always like, hey, too bad that thing didn't work out. We should film some stuff anyway. And Charlotte Voice, who you know, the great spirits ambassador from William Grant & Sons, who I will see tonight because they sponsor the whole dinner series. Look at that plug for William Grant & Sons. They should, they should be paying for the show, for the, sure. Uh, the, yes. In all their, and their amazing portfolio of <laughs> Hendrix Gin and Milagro Tequila and Glenn Fetich Scotch. So, and Ray Kavaka. Hi, Charlotte, if you're listening today. Um, Charlotte and I went up the gondola in Aspen with their film crew. And I was like, hey, I'm Billy Harris. And she goes, I'm Charlotte Voicey. And she's the one who said, and we're hanging with Harris. Ah. And so I'm going to give credit where it's due. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I always thought I said it. And we kind of watched the video. She said it. And we're like, write that down. And we did a little funny two minutes of shtick. And, and you know, she would pull out of um, um, a cocktail shaker and then some ice. And then she ended up making a margarita. And we... And we shot this, and it's it's actually on. If you go, oh, I need to watch. Yeah, 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 the gondola ride is. A, I don't know. It's a good. How long is it? A good ten minutes. Yeah, or minutes? longer as you're kind of fear know. for your life for a little bit, and it's like yeah. let's have cocktails. And so we we filmed that first one, and it was always like you know what that was really great. That was a lot of fun, and and then it was very quickly like 
we think we have something here. So first it was, you know, take out your phone and start texting people and who do I know and, and let's get a small film crew together and, and film some stuff. And then what we did, and, and it kind of really seg back, segues back to some of the corporate events, and then when I would be on the road doing some other video thing in Chicago for a sales meeting or something like that, I would bring my film crew with me, and then we're like, hey, well, let's film with Paul Kahn and Donnie Medea and go down the line of everyone in Chicago. Or we're in New York, and let's film with Waxman and Scott Conant, and um, we kind of always kind of daisy-chain them together. And, you know, Jump Cut 10 years later, there's, I think, 136 episodes in the can, and there's still about uh, 10, 12 from the past year that we shot with Michael Voltaggio, Duff Goldman, Ben Ford, Brooke Williamson, Howlin' Ray's Hot Chicken um, that we shot in this past spring in L.A. and a little bit to coincide with the dinner series because, as you can see, it's all connected because Michael, yeah, Michael and Duff and Bruce Kalman um, all hosted you know, Billy Harris dinners as part of the dinner series in Los Angeles in the spring. And we did 15 of those, which segues into the 11 that we're doing here in New York. So are you planning to make this dinner series into like an annual event? Maybe yeah. Do it next yeah, year. Another great question. So, um, and also like to be just very on brand and everything that we're doing and, and working with no kid hungry so long and all these organizations. Mm -hmm. And really it's kind of two things. I was like, well, I've been working with these chefs for 20 years, you know, hosting all these culinary events. And on the right hand side, you know, hosting all these black tie galas for No Kid Hungry and AIDS and autism and breast cancer and go down the line that I've been involved with. And I was, I, I literally woke up and I think from all the food and, food and wine festivals that you and I are always at and I was talking to all the people from Open Table and Table 8 and I was like, but it was just kind of, it literally was very organic. I'm like, I should just turn this into like a dinner event. Like I know everyone and we can fundraise and I can get a chef on board. And it came together and I partnered up with uh, Paul Vitagliano, who's my executive producer, and I'm just the pretty face. He runs the whole thing. And, and we're like, we're going to do a dinner series. And we ended up with, the original plan was to do eight in Los Angeles. And then at the same time, and, you know, we got Nancy Silverton on board right away and Bruce Kalman on board and Suzanne going. And, I, you know, I reached out to all mm -hmm. my friends and I was like, I'm going to sell tickets and I, I think I could sell out your restaurant and we're just going to eat and drink and have a good time. But I was like, this won't work unless there's a fundraising component. So when we started in the spring, it was, you know, I work with Alex's Lemonade a lot. I'm like, well, we'll do a little auction. We'll get some auction partners. Let's raise some money. And at the end of the day in, of the dinner series in LA, we raised about $50,000 charity-wise, which we gave to No Kid Hungry and Alex's Lemonade and the James Beard Foundation and Charlie Trotter's Foundation and Piggy Bank, which is um, the Koshan 555. Right. Uh, for small family farmers and sustainable farming. So all great, great organizations. Because I'm just involved with so many people, and it was a matter of kind of cracking the code and putting it all together, right? And I'm right. kind of, I feel like I'm the man behind the curtain who took a little piece of this and took a little piece of that, a little piece of this, and partnered up with Paul because we needed someone really great to execute all this because it's a year's worth of work. And um, and then at the same time, it was a really another great opportunity. The LA Times launched this whole crazy food bowl thing, which was 30 days, and it was Jonathan Gold's kind of brainchild, so to say. And we were doing our dinners, and we met up with them, and they're like, hey, can you add on 20 more dinners? I'm like, well, I don't think I could add on 20 more, but we ended up adding on about six more uh, in partnership with the LA Times. And so then we added on, well, let's do a dinner with um, Neil Frazier and Timothy Hollingsworth and Josiah Citrin and... Who am I leaving out? I mean, we did a dinner with Michael Simarusti, with Jason Neroni, you know, all L.A.-based, all great chefs. 
And we ended up doing 15 in Los Angeles, and it really was a sold-out success, and we raised great money for these great organizations. And like I said, people got to eat, they got to drink, got to drink, and it brings a lot of awareness mm -hmm. if people aren't familiar with Alex's Lemonade or No Kid Hungry right, or the right. James Beard Foundation. So it's a really, it's a win-win. There was, there was no loss for anyone with the event. And then kind of the segue to that is, it was the end of June and we even threw a rap party with Nancy Silverton after the 14, because being the queen of Los Angeles and, and who she is, that sold out in about 30 seconds. And it was so good and it was like, let's just throw a rap party, no auction, no fundraising. And we had that at Kiesbacher, Nancy Steakhouse in LA. And, and you know, it sold out in hours, you know, to have dinner with Nancy there. And so now it was the end of June and it was a little bit like, this was great, let's keep it going. And the only place I was going to was New York next. Mm -hmm. And it was the end of June and I'm like, if we're gonna do this in the fall, we got to make a decision right now. So then I started reaching out to, obviously, I was like, all right, who do I know? Who's available? When can you do this? And then you're like, who don't you know? Who don't I know, right? <laughs> so then it was like, well, we don't want to do it in December because the weather can really change. And then it really started with Barbudo and Waxman and everyone mm -hmm. knows I love everything about there. And the first phone call was to Jen Davidson because I wanted to have a um, the event at Barbudo. And she's like, well, you can't do it when the doors are open because, you know, we're too busy. So she goes after like October 20th when the doors are closed. And originally we were supposed to start on the um, 30th of October, which was Monday, October 30th. And then at the same time, I ended up getting hired to host the Michelin Awards. And then I called. I'm like, well, I got to do this Michelin gig at the Ziegfeld Theater. So I called Jonathan back and Jen back. I'm like, you want to throw a Halloween party? And they're like, sure, let's throw a Halloween party. So the New York series started on Halloween. And obviously it's dinner number 10 tonight. And since people were listening, we first dinner was with Jonathan Waxman at Barbudo and then Jamie Bisson at Toro, and then Ann Burrell at Phil and Ann's Good Time Lounge in Brooklyn. That was number three. And then Justin Smiley at Upland was number four. And Mario Batali at Del Posto was number five. Joey Campanero at The Little Owl, their brand new townhouse, was number six. This past Sunday, we were with Marcus Glocker and John Batard. Winterman at Batard. Um, Monday night, we were with Mark Murphy at Landmark. Last night, we were at the James Beard House. We brought in Vartan Abgarian from 71 Above in downtown Los Angeles for a sold-out night at the Beard House. He made his James Beard debut. I feel I'm still a little hungover from last night. And then tonight, it's the one and only Scott Conant, which is a, um, it's a, a really special private event for No Kid Hungry in particular tonight. And uh, a lot of their great partners and donors and sponsors are all coming together in Scott's uh, private loft. So that's tonight. And then it, we wrap it all up tomorrow night with Alex Wanicelli at Butter and Midtown. And your first question like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> was, are you going to do this again? Well, we actually start, we start, we do start Tuesday, January 30th in Los Angeles. Okay. And you already got a date. Well, we do. In L.A., there'll be, it starts with Nancy Silverton, and then it goes to Zach Pollock at Cosabono, and then it goes to Roy Choi at Commissary. Uh, John and Vinny are on the roster, Sarah and Sarah on the roster, Evan Funkies in June, Curtis Stone, and then April Bloomfield, oh April, Adam Perry Lang, and Chris Bianco are all opening new spots in Los Angeles. So those will all be next fall, along with uh, Walter Manscaped Republic, and then hopefully Ludo. We spoke with Ludo last week. But that's just that's just the twelve in L.A. and then the plan is going to be that's going to be our base, and then we'll probably do another ten to twenty around the country. And I could say right now, and everyone will know about this real soon. That the first two in the spring outside of New York will be with uh, Daniel Ballou at Danielle and Thomas Keller per se. 
and those will benefit okay. the Boku Store I, Mentor I've, Program. I, I've had so many thoughts with mm-hmm. you. T- oh, first of all, I want your memory. I don't know how you do it. I don't know. I mean, how you're I do giving a, a great example of why you're so good at what you do. Well, thank you. Um, I also just want to commend you on. I mean, everything you're naming and everything you haven't named, yeah. you have raised so much millions money and millions and millions for and millions amazing causes. Yeah. And I just want to say, like, kudos to you. Like, Thank it's you. it's it's awesome. It's awesome. And it also makes it all relevant, you know, so I can kind of walk the walk and talk the talk. And But at the end of the day, I can back it all up. You know, I mean, the No Kid Hungry team, I mean, we have about 20 big galas a year and times... 12 or 13 years, so I've hosted well over a couple hundred things for them and raised yeah. well over $10 million, and they're such a great organization. So great. And obviously to have all the chefs connected too, I mean, who doesn't want to support childhood hunger and food insecurity? So no, it's so important. It's it's incredible. And and I have to ask you this question, though, yeah, that sure. I had from my last guest. Oh, boy. Which, uh, episode 159, I had right. on Ashley Albert, who's, if you don't know Ashley, you would you would get a kick out I of her. She's, she's the co-founder of Royal Palm Shuffleboard Club, and of the Matzah Project. She's super creative, and she, I went to sleepaway camp with her. So Is the Shuffleboard Club the one that's in Brooklyn? In Gowanus, yeah. In Gowanus. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. the co-founder of that. So, that's And she's cool opening spot. one in, in Chicago. Okay, okay, so her question is, What's the worst bomb you've had? Like, what's a flub that's happened as an auctioneer um, where you couldn't get the job done? This was a question for me. It's this, even is... Be- this is better. <laughs> I, I, I haven't had one. Um, you know, listen, in the auction space, most people will tell you the most uncomfortable thing you can have is when, you know, you're at 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, and then it just stops, and then no one's bidding, and you're like, is the auctioneer sweating on stage? Uh, one of the things I, I, I pride myself in, and I think it comes from that when people to this day are like, oh my God, that was such a great auction. This was so great. And I'm like, well, I'm not an auctioneer. I'm a funny guy with a microphone that knows how to work the room. So really one of my expertise, and I've done so many of these, is about I like to get these done really quickly. Um, You know, that you really have to know when you're running an auction, when to move on, when you've reached all the money in the room, you know, on a particular item, say, you know, listen, some of these events I do, their auctions, the whole auction raises 50,000. Some of the events I do, the whole, the auction would do six or seven or $800,000, where one item can sell for a hundred or 125,000 if it's dinner with David Chang and Tom Colicchio in your living room, you know, those super, super ticket items. So in auctions, I've never really ever, ever had a bomb, but I could tell you where I did bomb Okay. in a big way. Um, to go back to the comedy magic days, um, I used to get out of a straitjacket and dance around on stage to James Brown's Get on the Good Foot. <laughs> of course you did. Of course I did. And Ann Burrell, if you're listening to this, she tied me up in a straitjacket once, but I used it, ended up using it for a fundraiser. Like, hey, how many people will give me 100 hours if I can get out of this thing in less than 100 minutes and that in 100 seconds and then that turned into I know this is, probably sounds like a surreal conversation but it was a funny bit and I thought this could be really good as a fundraiser and then it was like how many people will give me $1,000 to get out of this thing so all of a sudden you could see where that went so um, the bombing story is and, and to word this appropriately um, schedule's really busy I do a lot of these events I may or may have not been out late at the Spotted Pig. Mm-hmm. So we'll just leave that at that. Okay. And then I got picked up the next morning and was taken to an event at, at, at we won't say the name of the place. And I was doing the thing and everything was great. I was doing my show and the jokes and the shtick. And then I call a guy up to tie me up in the straitjacket. Da, 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 I get out of the thing. Ta-da! Nobody's clapping. And I'm like, are my pants down? Some Like right. something happened. 
it just didn't register in my mind that I was doing a benefit for a mental health facility. And that would be as bad as bombing as you can get. I don't think I've ever been more embarrassed in in my life when it took. And there might be something to do with I was out at the Spotted Pig that night. But uh, they were a great group, and <laughs> and we made it through. And thank you for sharing your story. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that that's about as bombing <laughs> as it gets, for sure. Okay. Wow. You're like, and on that note, good and night, on that everybody. Note, well, we're, it's we have to take another break, and then we're gonna come back. We're gonna play my game. I have a speed round game. Let's play the speed round game. Okay. So Thanks. stay with us. All right. The following program has been brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential small hotel, is located on a quiet, tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 40 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant, or enjoy a cocktail and listen to live jazz in one of their cozy Victorian seating areas. Mingle with travelers from around the world who find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com. Okay, we're back. This we is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Billy Harris, and he's about to play my speed round game. Speed round. I'm ready for the speed round. <laughs> you are ready. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready. I'm going to, seriously. Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. Yep. Eat in or eat out? Eat in because I'm on the road 200 days a year. Yeah, a lot of travel. So I guess I do eat out a lot, so when I'm home, I like to eat. Got out. it. Wine, beer, cocktail, or mocktail? Wow, cocktail. Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. Small plates or large plates? Depends upon the restaurant. Communal table or chef's counter? Mm. I like both of those. I'll, you know, that's my answer on that one. Okay. Uh, tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping all the way. like to tip. JFK or LAX? I fly in one and out of the other all the time. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking... Do you care? Yeah, I mean, yeah. As, <laughs> as long as I'm in a big boy seat. Thanks, Delta. Flown two million miles on Delta. Diamond. There you go. They should. They'd be a good sponsor. You're help, like, yeah. Help me out here. I'm gonna. I'm help gonna you out we're here. gonna talk after the yeah, show. Exactly. <laughs> How about uh, wearing all an all black suit or jeans and a t-shirt? I like the all black suit. I I know you're in one right now. You're but always it's in velour, one. and this is a little contrast. See, that's what the fashion god said. You know, instead yes. of the black on black. I even have shiny tuck shoes that I wear with my black suits now, and everyone goes, I love your shiny shoes. Someone said that once because I brought my tuck shoes instead of my regular dress shoes, and now I just wear these. How many black suits do you have? Four. I, I was thinking, you That's know. It. I know, you think like four. No, I was thinking Farmer Lee Jones, you know, he wears yeah, his overalls yeah. everywhere. I thought he said he had like 14, 14 pairs. I have four, and like 12 black yeah. shirts, okay. and then they're just kind of in yeah. rotation at the dry yeah. cleaners. But shopping for me is very easy. Yes. Hint, hint. <laughs> okay, two more. Cheese plate or dessert? Uh, cheese plate. I, I, as much as I love dessert, I try and avoid that. I'm sure it's the exact same amount of calories, but it makes <laughs> makes your brain feel better. Okay. And uh, Manhattan, Brooklyn, or Los Angeles? Well, I've been in L.A. 20 years now, and I love L.A., And but Ro- Rome. New York, to me, is, is the Roman Empire, and, and this particular trip... Um, it's almost three weeks, which is great. New York is just the most magical place in the world. So It is pretty magical. And that was the game. I, I mean, I knew you'd be great at the well, game. It's a pretty good game. It's a pretty good game. All right. I don't know. You're, you're, 
you're a tough you're a tough audience for me. Yeah, so it's all right. It's all good. <laughs> okay, industry news. Okay. Fortune magazine had an article how Milk Bar's first ever funding round could turn the bakery's founder into the next Martha Stewart. That was the title. So of course we're talking about Christina, Christina Tosi. Um Nine years milk bar she since it started, and mm-hmm. she's about to. She uh, has. I soon think she's to opening in Los Angeles. Fourteen locations. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, more fourteen. Than that. So this is the first. Um, but you know first what I say to that though. I say good for her. I say good for her too. Yeah. This is um, RSE Ventures is the sole investor, and they're they've they they've uh, invested in Resi and mm-hmm. Vaynar Media, and um, so anyways, I don't know. It's it's calling her the next Martha Stewart. I don't know. She's she's amazing, and she's grown this business. I mean, yeah, started sure. with uh, Momofuku. Yeah, working with David Chang. Yeah. And there you go. And everyone's like, what's the crack pie? I think it was the first, yeah, all the rage. Yeah, she still has the crack pie. Yep. So, uh, Is yeah. there a question to that? Or no, just that was just statement? industry news. Yeah, it is industry news. And and like I said, good for her. And, you know, obviously her being on MasterChef. And, and, well, let's back up and go. Let's just start off by being just a great chef. You know, it all kind mm-hmm. of starts there. And I know we were, I was kind of like, where am I right now? And you said something about the shuffleboard is by Gowanus, right? Mm-hmm. I've never been there in my life until I went to Pig Beach for the first time. So let's yeah. give a shout out to Matt Abdu because, you know, he ran the kitchen at Del Posto for eight years. So I think a lot of these people, when everyone thinks overnight success, Pig Beach is such a spectacular barbecue joint. But we were talking the other day and it's like, I don't think that would be what it was if he didn't have that kind of training and, and all those skills from Team Vitale and Bastianich yeah. and running Del Posto to have such a successful barbecue joint now. And same thing with Christina Tozzi. Everyone's like, oh, it's overnight and then Master Chef. And she's been in the game a long time. No, and yeah, she has. And I remember, I have this memory of going to Burger Bash when it was under the Brooklyn Bridge, yeah, which sure. was probably its second year. Yeah. And she was there. Uh, just as a part of Momofuku, and yeah. she was all smiley and like yeah. nice to see a lot you. Younger, and, like all of us, yeah, and just really like I just have this memory of like a nice conversation with her, and sure. and yeah, she's she's done quite well. Yeah, so I just say to all of time. that, I say good for her, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, most overnight too. successes take about twenty five years, so, <laughs> if not longer. Good point. Okay, another article on Grub Street. Yeah, here's the craziest stuff you'll see at. Italy World, mm. which opens tomorrow, which is actually today. So this is Italy's long-awaited theme park in Bologna, Italy, uh, which the locals call Fico. Mm-hmm. It's a million-plus square foot experience, and where you every, get drenched in Parmigiano Reggiano. Highlights are all wondrous know. things about Italian cuisine, yeah. and it has it's like an amusement park. And this article points out. Um, you know, the crazy stuff. What it says you can get in for free, but the, like everything then costs something to go on rides yeah, and stuff. Sure. Um, there's f- 40 different food factories. There's, I, I don't know, it's four, 45 different restaurants. I, I mean, it's it's a huge thing. And actually, I was in LA about a week and a half ago. Did you make it to Italy? And opening? I went to the Italy LA me, opening. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I'll be back on Friday. I'm sure the first thing my daughter's going to take me to on Saturday morning is. And I'm going to say, can we go on Monday instead of Saturday? But yeah. So you went. I, can't, I heard I, it's I, the most. Can't, you heard it's the most wondrous thing. Yeah, I heard it's amazing. It's, it is amazing. I And I, I can't it's believe like I 60, beat you to 60, your local 60, Italy. Yeah. I missed uh, yeah. Dominic Enzo. I have to go get a, take my daughter for a cronut as well, too. So Do not do that. But my, my solo dining experience is an L.A. one in honor of you. Just yeah, yeah. When, when we get there. So you loved it, right? It's beautiful. I loved it. It's beautiful. It's I huge. feel it's always. <laughs> it's huge. It's it's um. Because I went to, I mean, I've been to 
quite a few now. Yeah. And the one downtown in L- in New York City, like this one's all. It's two levels, but it's basically almost everything's on the second floor yeah, and sure. easy to navigate. And and then they have some outdoor seating where you then get the the Hollywood Hills in the background yeah, where you can it's enjoy nice your 335 pasta. days out of the year. It's yeah. 74 and sunny. So yes, and you're very close to the beach, and you're in Century City. And yes, so that I've been to this. I don't know this Italy world if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go. It's I don't know uh, it's, it's it's. I mean, they've spent a long time working on this and. Oh, roughly three years, $100 million went into this. I mean, quite a project. Like I said, it's probably like a, a flume ride on Parmigiano Reggiano. <laughs> Instead of going like through the water slide, you yeah. just slide through a river of cheese. So, all right. Something so the, like that. That was also industry news. What else is industry news? Well, the only the other thing I have, um, you know Chef Franklin Becker, I'm I sure. I sure do. So he has a dinner on Friday, November 17th, called Taste of Ecuador. And it's raising nice. money for Pop Earth. Dot org. I love Pop Earth. I've done a lot of their events. Hi, yeah. Franklin. Yeah, so Franklin, I'm, I just wanted to give a shout out to this event. It's hosted by Franklin Becker and Umberto Gualpa, and it's a delicious evening of Ecuadorian food. Um, they have uh, pa- sel- uh, pastry chef Thiago Silva is also participating. So if people want to go, um, they're selling tickets on Eventbrite. If you if you go there sure. and you, you search for... Uh, Taste of Ecuador. I'm sure you'll find it, and um, it should be awesome. So fantastic. Go Franklin. Go Franklin. One more break. Come back and do my solo dining experience, and then we have the final question. So stay with us. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. Back to all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience. This week it's at John and Vinny's. Here's, How good's that, John? <laughs> I'm about to tell you. Here's the rundown. Location: 412 North Fairfax Avenue, Los Angeles, California. The concept: It's a relaxed modern d- diner for all-day Italian-inspired cuisine, also known as an awesome pizza joint. The chefs, John Shook and Vinny Dottolo. So why'd I go? Because I've heard amazing things about this place forever, and I finally, finally got there. Yeah. I needed to get there. So uh, my experience, I, I had made a reservation for two. Um, none of my L.A. friends could make it. So I showed up by myself. They were super cool. Uh, they have this awesome chef. Uh, it's a counter up front in front of the pizza oven, so it's a great spot for a solo diner. 
So the hard thing was figuring out what to get because being solo is very indulgent food. Lots of yeah. pastas and pizzas. Got and, you. Pepe's so. and carbonaras and pizzas yeah. and ice cream. It's a great joint, though. Great joint. So, but I, I decided I went I went with something they're known for. They have a pizza called the L.A. Woman, yeah. which is local burrata, tomato-based basil, olive oil, and sea salt. And then I went with the marinara braised meatballs with ricotta and garlic bread. So good. Um, I really also wanted like the gem salad and the pastas, and but I just, I did yeah, those it's two. just you. I don't know where you're going to put me. it Just me. Where are you putting it on? I don't know. I didn't, I did not finish, but I did have a bunch of it. It was delicious. Yeah, um, the burrata, it's, it's actually, it's served cold, which is interesting, but like, I don't know. You pick up the slice and you start eating, it and it just melts all over. And it was, it was quite delicious. Um, the the meatballs were were also awesome. So, um, yeah, I see why why people like it. The ambiance. It's a casual, narrow space that's high energy. And when you follow the booths to the back, there is a little wine shop in the back. Uh, it's called Helen's, Helen's Wines, mm-hmm. right by the bathrooms, uh, which Lots I of discovered rose there for sure. Uh, so I'd say it's perfect for indulgent Italian eats. Interesting tidbit, John and Vinny were honored with Food & Wine Magazine's Best New Chefs 2009, which I was in Aspen that year. I'm sure mm-hmm. you were too. Maybe mm-hmm. we hung out. Uh, personal fun fact. Uh, several years ago when I was in L.A., I had gone to Son of a Gun and Animal. I went, I went solo. It was another solo trip of mine. And I remember going to Animal right when the doors opened at 6 o'clock. I went in and yeah. I was like, I need to eat and catch a plane because I did. I had a red eye coming back. And that was also delicious. Very foie gras heavy. The cost of this meal was $45.87. That's including tax and they have an 18% service charge. Would I go back? Obviously would. I'd like to go back with someone who next time I'm in L.A. so I can try more things. And their website's johnandvinice.com. So there. It's time for the final question. Final question sharing. my next guest Jonas Anderson he's the general manager of Great Northern Food Hall which is part of Meyer's USA Hospitality Group which was founded by Danish culinary entrepreneur Klaus Meyer Mm -hmm. and uh, so I'm having on Jonas what would you like to ask him where is the food hall is this for Jonas or for me no it's for Jonas well, but you're supposed to tell me. You said, what is it, the, the something something food hall? It's the Great Northern Food Hall. It's in and, Grand Central. Oh, it's, it's here. It's, it's in here New in New York City. It was founded by Klaus Meyer, who's from Denmark. He's part of, he's a co-founder of Noma. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so part of. So this is something new they're putting together at Grand no, Central it's, Market? No, it exists already. No, you've now heard Downstairs of it. Downstairs where all the restaurants are? No, in it's Grand in Vanderbilt Hall. Have you, oh. you know, they have Agar in there now, which is, um. Uh, it's a it's a full service restaurant. And behind yeah. it, you know where the clock is in Grand Central. Yes, right. And in the you middle. walk from there towards Forty Second Street. Okay. In that space, then on your right. Okay. Check it out. It's okay. The great Northern right, so Food down, Hall. The lower levels where Shake Shack is and the all lower, that. That stills there with, with right. yeah. So this is its own. And the oyster bars on the lower level. Right, obviously. right, right. This is its own, and they have a few. They have a few different. Areas okay. of the, uh, there's a bakery. There's they've changed it up a bit, so um, I can ask him where it is. But I've already answered that. <laughs> Would you like? I'm to like hear? yeah, first. And I'm supposed <laughs> to ask him a question. Well, you're from LA. You don't expect to know everything about New York City, and it's good. I I 
I taught you something. You did teach me something. What's it called again? The what food hall? I mean, that's going to be my first question. The Great Northern Food Hall. And why is it called the Great Northern Food Hall? I will. That's a good question. That is my there question. You have it. Why is it Final called? The, is it in the northern corner? But technically, I think it's in the southern corner if you were facing north because it's closer to Forty Second Street. It's in the west. It's in the southwest corner from, of if, Grand Central. Yeah, and if he's from Copenhagen, <laughs> Denmark area, that that's why I first thought it was like, is this like the Northern Lights or the Northern something or whatever? That's my question. Why do they call it the, uh, the Great Northern Food Hall? Is that the name, the Great Northern Food Hall? That is the name, okay. and that's a fantastic question. That's my question. And we'll have to go there. I'll, I'll take you to next, lunch. Ne- next time. Next we will lunch time. for sure. Yeah. We're down. We'll invite Joe. We'll all hang out. We'll have a reunion. Okay, so that's the show. That's Thank it? You. That's that's it? You got to go to a dinner, I gotta man. Go. I got to go see Scott Conant. So I'm going to end with that, and I will give a plug, because people do ask about the next dinner. So it's very simple. Just go to BillyHarris.com. Join the mailing list, and then you know about all the dinners when we're in L.A. next year and the rest of the country. Yeah, and your social media, your... You're at Billy Harris. You're on the Twitter. The, at Bill- the Billy Harris the Billy on Harris. Instagram because Billy Harris, who I don't know, looks like a very talented tattoo artist in North Carolina. And uh, maybe he wants to switch names, but he's Billy Harris. I'm the Billy Harris. And then uh, you can find me on Facebook as well for all of it. And everything else is on BillyHarris.com. Thanks, Sherry. Thank you. I just again want to just say I am, well, I'm in awe of your just whole career and that you have turned your natural ability to work a room into this success and just yeah like thank you for for doing what you do because i don't know anyone who could do what you do i mean i know i know lots of the chefs i know people involved in new kid hungry but what you do is so unique and really really raises so much money for these great causes so thank you thank you sherry you're welcome see you later See you later. For episode number 229 when we come back again. I don't know. I want, Maybe I can go on Hanging with Harris. Maybe. <laughs> we'll go into the kitchen here at Roberta's. Yes. Okay. All right, I'm going to Scott okay. Conan's right okay, now. Okay, so I'm closing up. I've yes. been talking to Billy Harris. You know where to find him, BillyHarris.com. Mm-hmm. Find me at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry. My Facebook page is All in the Industry. My website's BayerPublicRelations.com and SherryBayer.com. All of our shows are archived at heritageradionetwork.org, and we are on iTunes and Stitcher. Thanks to my engineer, Vitor, who makes this whole thing work. And uh, next week is Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. We are off the air next week, so my next show is going to be November 29th, again at 4 o'clock. And uh, with the great northern food. Yes, you'll have to tune in to find out why it's named that. (laughs) And uh, thank you, Billy. Thanks, Sherry. I'm Sherry Bayer, and thank you all for listening. This has been All in the Industry and Heritage Radio Network. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization 
driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thank you.